Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fed Talks. I am Jimmy Chrisman, your host. Each week, we bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, and professors of theater education that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. This is Season 2, Episode 14 of the podcast. Thanks for checking us out, and thanks for sticking with us. For those of you who have been here since the beginning, I am very grateful to you. Uh, I have a great interview for you this week. It's a lot of fun when I had this conversation back in the summer uh, when I was able to finally coordinate schedules with Rachel Harry, and uh, we had a lovely talk um, I loved when she engaged with me in the interview and was asking me questions. She kind of flipped the script at one point, and uh, I really enjoyed that, and uh, I really hope you enjoy what she has to say. Rachel Harry was the 2017 Excellence in Theater Education Tony Award winner, and uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this interview and her very no-nonsense, very candid fun conversation so i hope you get a lot out of it and this is my conversation with rachel harry wow (laughs) thank you by uh, acknowledging my work you honor all theater teachers and you elevate the art form in the schools and i thank you for this because we work so hard. Theater teachers labor so hard for the students because they care. Thank you, Carnegie Mellon University, the American Theater Wing, the Broadway League, because you demonstrate you care about the work we do, the passion and the drive we share with our students for this amazing thing called theater. The theater, it, it is inclusive, It celebrates the unique and the different, and it embraces diversity, even when, especially when the rest of the world does not. We need the arts. Students need the arts. We all need theater. I need to thank my students at HRV. They're watching tonight. I want to thank also my daughter and my son, Tay and Duncan, my school and my community, because honestly, without their support, their love, and an awful lot of understanding, I would not be here tonight. Thank you. Rachel Harry, welcome to Fed Talks. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate you working out or your schedule so that we can meet. Tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your program, and. Uh, um, kind of what brought you to where we are now, and uh, we'll definitely get into talking about the Tony Award later on, but uh, just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, My name's Rachel Harry, and I am the theater teacher at the Hood River Valley High School in Hood River, Oregon, and I teach uh, a full four-year theater program at the high school. And how many kids do you have in your program? Uh... It's hard to do an accurate head count simply because um, I have kids that will take more than one class with me. Um, But I average about, and some of my classes have the, the class that's been designated for that time slot, like say theater one, which will have about 34 kids in it. 
And then I'll have anywhere from two to five more kids in there that are upperclassmen that are like theater tech kids that are working, you know, so I'm kind of juggling both, both groups, Mm -hmm. um, which is crazy sometimes. Um, but it's, it's the only way we can get it done. But I, well, you know, it's, uh, four classes a day and there's about, let's say 30. So it's 120, it's about 240 and probably 40 of those are repeaters. You know what I mean? Like they're Mm -hmm. in more than one class. It's about 200. Yeah. And how many, how many productions do you do a year with your kids? Uh, I have a musical and I have a, what we call the winter play. And then I also have the student directed one act festival. Um, and so it's basically those three big ones, but then I also have, uh, oh, it just depends on what we're doing. Like, uh, this year in my three, four class, we did uh, devised theater and we spent a good month and a half just working on that. And it was a new, I mean, device theater is something that I think we do already if we work in an ensemble group, uh, which I also have an ensemble group that's a class. Um, but uh, I've never really formally taught devised theater um, with a capital D and a capital T. And so it was new for me as well. And I did a lot of research. And then I told the kids, "We're this is new. So you're my first group. We're going to explore this and decide if it's something we want to keep in the curriculum. And then they had a huge performance of that uh in january so there's probably a a fourth thing that i do with my students that might be the device theater one year i don't know it it floats i i keep changing things um when things start to get i feel like i'm dragging like i'm getting bored or it's getting stale um i have to let's let's try something new and there's always stuff happening in theater you know it's it's Mm -hmm. constantly growing and changing and uh, like I add more uh I do more acting theory that would be more useful for film and tv now than I used to because uh there's so much more opportunity in that area these days and so I have to I have to do research and I have to study that and if I can take a class I mean I'm out in the middle of nowhere this is a little rural town um I do what I can um, I spent two years studying improv with a improv theater in Portland. And then I worked as an improv actress for like two or three years, just, you know, learning and you learn so much just by doing. And so just so I could improve my improv classes, my, those things that I teach when I teach in my classes. And, um, I also feel like that's more productive for film work anyhow, is being able to improv, um, on the spot. So. Well, I think that's important uh, that, that you're constantly learning something new and, and, and adding more things to your tool belt, even uh, mm-hmm. even though, I mean, you, how, how long have you been teaching? 33 years. Yeah, even, I mean, you've had a very long, wonderful career, and you're still learning and still adding to and keeping things fresh and exciting for yourself, and I think that's important for theater teachers to yeah. know that and to keep doing that. I think for everybody. I mean, that's 33 years here. I've been teaching before that. So I, I guess I've been teaching longer, but I'm not going to try to think about that. I'm not going to add those years up. It's been a long time. But I, li- I love to learn. I mean, that's, that's, it's so exciting mm-hmm. to, to learn something new. And um, internet's been a great thing for that. You know, you can just like, oh, well, let's study this ancient, you know, Hindu dance form. Okay, I can find it, you know, and I, I'll sit there and look and do research on that. And it's, it's fascinating. 
So yeah, you got to keep learning if you're going to stay current with, with your mm -hmm. students, for sure. Well, I know devising theater is a, is kind of a huge thing right now in, in what we do. Yes. Um, I, I just, I don't know if you know, I taught for 17 years in the, in the classroom. And then I uh, mm -hmm. just two years ago moved to Illinois state to head up their theater education program. Um, and this past year I got to teach a, a, a whole class on devising theater. So it was exciting for me to learn about that and, and, and teach that to my students. Um, and I know through my research of it and working with it, that there's really no one way to do it and there's no real yeah dead set process. Um, but can you share a little bit about what you did with your kids with that? First, I want to ask you, uh, did they, how, how did your students feel about having to create in almost a vacuum in a way? Do you know what I mean? Like, like my high school kids struggled with coming up with what are, what are we going to do and how is this going to work? Cause they didn't want to trust the process. They felt like they had yeah. to you know what I mean? So did your students have the same kind of reaction? They did. They did struggle with that. Um, we did uh, We did several exercises leading up to me turning them loose to work on their own thing, yeah. uh, like me giving them some different stimuli and different things to get them going. And, and we talked a lot about how anything can be uh, inspiration for something that you want to do, and but it needs to be something that you're passionate about and that you are willing and able to stick with for a while because we're going to be with it for a while. But once they finally uh, quit fighting with themselves and, and themselves like with them per their personal self of things that would be what's what's a good stimulus what's something that's going to get us going that we really really want to be doing once they got past that part they had a ball with it and they they yeah. really they really enjoyed it but that first part was that was a struggle for them yeah it's it's hard i found i was pulling in well, I did some research with some groups over in, in the UK, like mm -hmm. Frantic Assembly mm -hmm. and stuff. There's some really good books out there. And I also found um, some fabulous, uh, like, strings of exercises to do and kind of take it through that Frantic Assembly had taught. Mm -hmm. So I, I definitely was using that. But then I found, you know, we use, I call it my bag of tricks. Mm -hmm. We, we pull from other stuff because you, you teach from your standing on your feet. You know, you, you go in, you think, oh, well, we're going to do this and this and this. And then the dynamics in the class change. So you have to change with them. So you teach, you teach on your feet is, is the only way I can describe it. So I'd be watching the script and I go, okay, okay, well, wait a minute. You're getting stuck right here. Let's try um, uh, like uh, Augustus Bowles, you know, theater of the pressed kind of, let's try some of these strategies here. And so you're pulling things from, from, you know, 20 years ago that still, that might resonate right now with these kids in this, this particular moment. And then you, you know, then they start to click and then you go, okay, so now let's go in this direction. And so there was a lot of that, just sort of like walking through a room without lights on and just sort of going, okay, okay, this looks like a passageway here. Let's, let's go this way. And the biggest thing I think as a teacher is getting that trust, mm -hmm. you know, that they trust you to go, okay, even though we don't know what the heck you're talking about, you know, we're, we're going to follow you, teacher, because, you know, you've led us in some interesting places before, so we'll try this. And they were terrified, and, and the only thing I could do to get them to move, ultimately, was they said, okay, we're going to have a performance date. It's on this day, January 28th, okay? And they that that uh, that kind of threw them into a, a you know, second gear, but it was still kind of uh, until I said, 
oh, you know what? I think I've got about, I've been advertising. I have about 80 people that are going to be there. And that was like, ah. <laughs> and so we got up to about 140. And I sat the audience on the stage, on the actual stage. And then the kids were out kind of between the stage and the auditorium or the house. And so it completely flipped how the audience sits. And I thought that would kind of shake everything up. Um, and it was powerful. That performance they did was powerful. It was amazing. I was just blown away with what, what they ended up coming up with. Um, and they hit some heavy punches. There was some uh, uh, spousal abuse. There was this amazing dance piece that was uh, a husband and wife hitting each other. But it was a dance. It was all very style. It was just, I was like, where did this come from? You, know? you guys, like three weeks ago, were saying, we're not going to, this is going to be so horrible. And then they do this beautiful thing. Which is why I still teach because yeah. they keep surprising me. Well, so, yeah. looking back over your career, what's uh, what's some of your favorite stories uh, and your experiences with your kids? They can be funny moments, horror stories, most impactful moments for you. Oh my gosh! I know you have a ton, and it's just narrowing yeah. it down, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, kids will say, "What's your favorite play that you've ever done?" Or "What's your?" And I go, "I don't have any. I don't have any like best." I don't have any favorite. I have things that I remember fondly, and it just sort of depends on what mood I'm in or where I'm at during the day. And it happens so often. I think it's it's just like, like those moments when those kids will come up with something that's so beautiful that you're weeping. You know, you're literally weeping. You're standing in the wings and you're going, oh, my God, this is the most amazing thing. And they know it afterwards. Or, or here's a beautiful one. Um, uh, I had done, I, I have this history with this, prior teacher and my whole teaching experience, but I like, I don't know if this is, uh, okay. So this is not <laughs> awesome. This is like bad and horrible. So I got hired to be the theater teacher at this high school in 1986. And um, they said, you're going to be teaching the, there, there'll, there'll be a theater class that you can teach like one in the English program. And you'll be directing the shows after school. And I walked through the theater, and it's a little auditorium, and it's got enough there. I can make it work, right? A week before I start teaching, someone someone in the district calls me up and says, we're going to give the, the theater thing to this man. Okay, so this is 86, and it's pretty, you know, misogyny's pretty rampant. You know, it just is. And I think there was some concern that I wouldn't be able to direct the shows. Now, they gave it to a truly lovely man. This, he was a sweet man, never done theater on his own. He was in one college play. And this is, did you, I don't know if you, you heard my TEDx talk, but I get to this where I go, there's so little respect for the theater in the schools that they will give that directing assignment to just anybody. If they've, had, if they've been in a high school play, oh, good, you're directing the show. I mean, you, you, uh, you did some college theater. Okay, you're teaching the theater class. And that's precisely what they did. And, um, and sometimes it's amazing. And I don't want to diss those people that step up and direct plays and they've had very little experience. I don't want to uh, put that down. But I, I just feel like sometimes, here I am, this kid who'd been in theater her entire life, uh, has a degree in English and theater from the University of Utah. Like, here I am, I'm ready to go. And they're going, mm, we better give it to this man. You know, it was that kind of a thing, and it uh, 
at the time I went with it, I was like, oh, okay, he's, he must have way more experience than me. I can learn from this guy. This is awesome. And I quickly found that wasn't the case. Um, so I had that happening. And then this other teacher kind of took over the musical for 27 years. I did not direct the musical. I, I finally got the play, and this, this, the first guy that they gave the play to, he left after a couple of years, and so I just kept building my program until I got this nice big four-year program with a performance troupe, and, um, and I was directing the play for a number of years, but it wasn't until this other teacher left that I got to teach the, or direct the musical. So, so the first year was Grease, and then the second year was this musical that I'm going to talk to you about, um, Catch Me If You Can, which is a very difficult show to do. Um, the dancing's pretty high powered. The music itself is incredibly uh, difficult to play. And I had this brand new music teacher and that's why I did Grease the first year. I thought we'll sell out on that. And we did, we were turning people away after the first performance, but it's not as difficult to do right. musically. And I wanted to try out this new music teacher and um, He's awesome. This guy that I'm working with now, I love. I, I adore this man. Okay, so for the second year, I actually wanted to do West Side Story, but I had someone else say, oh, well, we're doing it. You can't do it. So I went, okay, we won't do it. And I looked at Catch Me If You Can, because that's also, that's like West Side Story, very difficult to do musically. He did brilliantly, this this music new music director. His name's Dan. I love this man. Okay, so he's he did a fabulous job. The musicians were just, they came in and, and thanked me for, for doing the show because they said this was the most fun to do. It was terribly hard, but we love it. But this is what I'm leading up to. This is one of those magical moments. Kids and I had worked. This was a, this was a huge undertaking. The costuming was just like unbelievable. They had so many changes. Um, and anyhow, so this is one of my favorite moments. And I, I truly relish this. I sit in the back. I don't, once the show starts, I don't, you know, I sit in the back. Sometimes I get up and I pace around. I just don't want to, I can't sit still. So I come out at, at the end of the show, I come out of the back of the theater and I walk around to the side to the hallway and the kids are coming streaming out from down at the other end of the hallway to, cause they always come out and talk to their family and stuff out in the, the cafeteria, which is just outside the theater. But as I open that door, I can see them streaming out. I've got almost 40 kids the biggest grins on their faces. They are ecstatic because they know this is a great show. I mean, you can just, you see it. And I just walk down that hallway as they're streaming past me to go talk to their family and stuff. And I'm trying to get away from family and stuff. I just want to go back into the costume room and hide out or go on stage and start cleaning up. Like, just get me away from people. And they're just running past me, high-fiving me, leaping, laughing. It was joyous. And that's, that's like my, one of my favorite moments is just that kind of feeling when you, when you, the show is over and the kids are streaming past you and they are just thrilled. And I think Catch Me, I singled that out because that was me proving that um, to whoever it was that decided I couldn't direct those shows back in 86, it was like I've had successful run of plays for, you know, I don't know, 20 years. Now I'm doing the musicals too. Like, hello. You know, it, I finally felt like I was proving myself, but it took a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know. That's I, a long-winded story. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> I guess, guess that's that was. I, I totally get how that that could be a, a favorite thing because I, I I did the same thing. I would hang out at the back of the theater, 
Um, mm-hmm. I would stay out of the booth unless something horribly was yeah. going wrong. I was, and I would pace and I'd be all around. And um, when it was over, I would stay at the back of the theater. I, I wouldn't go out into the main area where people were greeting each other. I wouldn't run up to the front where they may be meeting at the front of the stage. I, I stayed at the back. Um, and I, I didn't, cause this was about them. This was about them. This was their yeah, time. It is. And, uh, it- but when they would come up to me and give me that look of kind of, how did I do? And I'm like, you were fantastic. And they were just giving me the biggest hug and their parents were there and they were crying. Oh my God, I'm so proud. So yeah, that, that's a great feeling. I, th- I think it's also awesome because when I, when I started at my second school, um, my last school that I taught at, Greece was our first show as well. Um, mm-hmm. And we only had freshmen and sophomores. And each year after that, we added a new grade level. So we had all four grades. And uh, that was our very first show at that school, or our first musical at that school. And we had a live band with just freshmen and sophomores playing the music. Um, and it was, oh, it was awesome. our only sellout show too. And like, yeah. we could not sell out the house after that. Yeah, but, but that when well, we did <laughs> that show, it's like you know, and it uh, it's an I think it's an interesting uh, musical because a lot of people kind of go, oh well, you know, it's 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 Greece, it's everybody does it, and it's you know, it's like quote unquote dumb. But that show uh, uh, was pivotal. If you do the research, right, it was pivotal. Pivotal. It changed how, how a lot of musicals were done after that, and it's about a time in our culture where kids were going, we're not Sandra D and all that kind of glossy, we don't buy into it. And I feel it's very current now. Oh yeah. You know, it it's it's powerful. So um but yeah, we sold out. We have been you know, we do pretty good here. The musical really does clean up and uh it's been a good thing to have feeding my little coffers in my program because I'm able to get a lot more equipment now mm-hmm. um, for just the whole program. So, uh, yeah, we do we do okay. Fiddler, we did, fi- it's funny, it's those old ones that really sell out. Fiddler, we were, we were selling out every single show. Didn't, it, it could be the matinee, and it was, and people were coming back three times or four times, and they, and here's, you'll love this, they didn't have kids in the show. Oh, that's fantastic. And they were still coming back. Yeah, I know, right? Like, what? But like I said, we're a small town. um, And for a long time, we were like the only, it was the high school. And there was a a community theater group that does awesome stuff. And so for a long time, that was what was going on. Now we've got, there's theater everywhere. We've got, we're, our biggest problem now is there might be four or five shows running at the same time Uh. in our area. So it's, selling out i don't know if i'm going to be doing that much anymore (laughs) just too much competition but that's a good thing so it's all right i agree what do you see right now as the greatest need in your students um and that what we can do as theater teachers to help them with that oh you know some things never change and then there's a lot then other things do change a lot um i think there's more instability in their lives you know and and in their future their future is a lot more scary looking to them now than it used to be. I don't know how much of that is just social media and just awareness of what's going on. Because the kids that would graduate in the 80s and 90s, it was a little bit scary for them while they were in high school. But they had, like, they could look at the future and go, oh, it's going to be great. And then they'd come at me later and go, this is a, you know, no one told me about this. And now the kids know 
like that it's pretty scary out there and um, they're not getting, we're not helping them cope with how rapidly this, the, the social milieu is changing for them. We have to stay on top of that. And it's, it's hard. Um, and I don't think parents, I think parents are really caught up in that as well. Um, and so I either get parents that are, you know, the helicopter parents, I think there's a new name that I'm, I'm not remembering. There's those that you get the extremes, the ones that really don't care what's going on. And then the ones that care and, um, they're doing too much for their kids. So, um, it's, it's not easy being a parent. I'm a parent. I don't know if you are, but, but it's not easy. (laughs) Um, so I, I can empathize with them, but, uh, we all need to step up our game and support these kids in, uh, and how they look at their future. I think that's it. Cause I really look at high school as, as it's not the end all be all. It's just, what am I doing to get them ready for their future? Um, and what's, what's important. I, th- I think they're figuring that out though, that they don't have to have the fanciest car and the, they're, they're starting to realize that I'm definitely getting that coming back in. Um, but there's more important things out there. So that's good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's that it's, uh, it's hard. There's, but there's a lot of really good things that have been happening just with acceptance of, um, kids that are different, you know, it's, it is different kids that don't fit the, the normal paradigm that was established in the forties and fifties, you know, that, that we're accepting everybody and theater's always been that way. But I think now the school in general is doing a better job of, uh, just saying you don't have to dress and look like everybody else to, to be loved in the school. Um, so, and that's social media too. Mm-hmm. You know? I want to shift gears a little bit uh, because okay. a few years ago uh, in 2017, you won the third Tony for the excellence yeah. in, in theater education. Um, talk to us a little bit about what that experience was like for you. The, the whole, how you found out and then the, the night of and leading up to it. Um, cause I've heard lots of stories so far from, from three of the other winners and, and they just have the funnest and, and most random stories that, that you wouldn't expect. So I'd love to hear kind of yeah. how your experience was. Okay. So I need to preface this with, I won, I was an honorable mention. I actually got acknowledged by the Tony, uh, group the year before. Um, and my, so my students, uh, and when I got that email, they'll, they send you, the, the committee sends you this email in the fall that says, you've been nominated, la, la, la. And is there any reason why you shouldn't be nominated? I think they're like, have you done any heinous things? <laughs> and I just went, no, I, yeah, sure, fine. I you know, haven't done anything wrong. And then I thought, well, that'll never happen, right? So I get the honorable mention that year. Then the next fall, I get another notification that I've been nominated again. And I went, this, I don't know what's going on here. Maybe like the name, I don't know, wires were crossed or something. There's a lot of people that get nominated. So I just went, no, it's fine. And I just, I immediately forgot about it because I really, it just didn't, it didn't sink in. I just thought it was a mistake. But evidently the kids had decided, well, they had told them, they said, we, you know, nominate her again. 
is what they said, told my students. And so they decided, let's do it again. Um, and so I, so it definitely threw me until uh, June that year, um, 2017, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Joe Long from CBS calls me and said, uh, you're one of the finalists. And uh, we have some questions we want to ask you. And what we're going to do is we're going to go out and uh, we're going to do a taped segment of all three finalists. And then uh, whoever wins will play that on that CBS uh, Good Morning show. And I'm like, oh, okay, finalists. Well, that's pretty cool. But my problem with that was when you get finalist, which should be really exciting, you're thinking, about winning so finalists all of a sudden doesn't become such a big deal so and that's where my head was at and so I, I just remembered the morning that they were going to tape oh so I gotta jump back okay so um the night before so I think it was a Sunday or something was it a, I don't know it was one of the days of the week my daughter who's working down in Austin uh she shows up at my door She's working in Austin, Texas, and all of a sudden she's up in Oregon. And I'm like, she just walks up the steps. I'm going, what, what? I lost it. I was like, what are you doing here? And she says, they flew me up. They want to use me in, in the segment that they're taping for the CBS, for the show. And I'm like, get out of here. How did you get here? They had a, you know, they had a, a car. She got, they drove her through the gorge in a limo and it was all very exciting. And I'm going, oh, at this point, I looked at her and I said, I don't care what happens at this point, whether I win or I'm a finalist, it doesn't matter. Let's just enjoy the ride. And that was my mantra for the rest of it. Um, and so uh, the next day, and I had the kids prepped and my students are, some of them, like I have one girl, she made sure she was in every single shot. She was wearing bright red. <laughs> she totally know, you know, theater kids. She knew what to do. She was, she was in every single shot. And then they ended up not using any of the shots she was in. So, <laughs> who knew? Um, but I, I showed up and my kids were already there waiting for me. And uh, we had cleaned the theater and we were ready, good to go. We talked. Uh, Jamie, the, Jamie Watt, who's the, uh, one of the broadcasters for the show, he's this awesome guy. And we sit and talk. I still had no clue. You know, they evidently they knew all along that I had won, but they weren't letting on. They wanted to announce it in front of all my students. And I think it was because in the they said it was really clear the students are OK. I, so I sometimes cry. <laughs> I'm going to cry right now. They said it's really clear your students are a big part of your life. And so we want to announce we wanted to announce it in front of all of them. How special. So, That's fantastic. Yeah. So that's what they did. And uh, the local newspaper person who does all my shows, stories about my shows and stuff, she was there. Um, and the principal, my principal, who this lovely man, Rich Polkinghorn, he didn't know until like five minutes before. He was just going to announce that I'd been, uh, I'm a finalist. So he announces that I like lose it. Um, all these kids come forward with all these bouquets of flowers. It was like this, Aww. like a ticker tape parade kind of thing. Yes, right? Um, and then they stayed and, and interviewed kids all afternoon. Um, and uh, it was it was just really pretty cool. And then my daughter left. She was just there overnight. Um, 
But what Jamie said was, he said, we swapped out our first class tickets and we have to stop in Atlanta before we head back to New York because we, to get her to come, they had to give up some of their tickets is what he told, or some of their, I don't know what it is, but they felt it was really important that, that the kids were there and that my daughter was there. So, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. The, um, I normally dress in like jeans and a t-shirt and they said, don't worry about clothes. We've got a $2,000 credit at Nordstrom and a stylist. So I was like, okay, let's just go for this one. My son flies home. He's a, he had just graduated from Ithaca, uh, college. He's a, a composer. So he came home. Uh, I think I spent more of that money on his tuxedo than on my dress. Um, that's okay. And then uh, you're supposed to just be a- allowed to have one person come with you. And I said, I, if this is going to be Sophie's choice for me. Don't make me choose between my son or my daughter. I will pay for the <laughs> flight. I don't care. Um, get them a ticket if you can. And I guess uh, Broadway League, there's like all, there's Carnegie Mellon, there's Broadway League, and then there's the, the Tonys. The, those people, they all, um, they, they all argued amongst themselves, and I guess the Broadway League really fought hard for it. They said, she needs to have her son and her daughter there. Like, just do it. So um, we all got to go, and it was a blast. Um, and you do feel like queen of the day. Queen for the day, which is this old TV show where they just, you know, all these things happen. Um, and uh, it was just an amazing experience. I, and I think, you know, people said, were you nervous about, you know, talking, because you're rubbing elbows with like John Legend and, and, oh, who was the guy that was honored? Oh, 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 he played, um, he was in Star Wars. What was his name? I can't think of his name. He had, he received the honorary uh, Tony that year for a lifetime achievement. He played Darth Vader. What was his name? What's the actor's name? Oh, goodness. It's going to drive me crazy now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should know this. <laughs> Anyhow, he's in the wings. I'm hanging out in the wings with this guy. Um, but the thing is, is that, and you know this, it's our tribe, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's people, Sarah Jessica Parker is like just talking to me at the party afterwards because there's this huge gala event, you know, about my speech and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm just like, yeah, this is really cool. But they're, they're actors, you know, they're performers. It's, they're, it's like a family reunion. You just, you're back there hanging with all these great people and they have the same look of glee on their face and joy as your kids that are walking off the stage after that great performance, you know, just that high energy hugs, everybody's loving everybody and loving life. It's, it was amazing. I have any special crazy stories? I don't really. No, it was just all. It was all amazing. <laughs> well, what um, since since your win? What doors has that opened for you? Oh, um, well, uh, I got a couple of job offers, but I one was even just standing in the line waiting to get into the big gala event after the Tonys. They have this huge after party. Um, but I won't leave my job here. I've, I've built this program. I've built the theater, literally. Um, we have so many 
nice new lights and I've even added circuits to what the already existing uh, board and I've got a new soundboard and I've got a new sound system and I like just all stay I, like I'm constantly getting new things for it um, so I'm not going to leave that but the job offers were nice um, but with but me aside uh, there's two new scholarships for the students in the performing arts just for my high school for kids that are in music or theater and those those scholarships are now starting to come in and um i have people that are going do you need anything any new equipment or something and i'll go well as a matter of fact you know i always have about three or four different projects i'm trying to raise money for um so i'm able to get more things for the program uh more support people are um there was a, a I don't know if it was a gentleman or a woman, but uh, or a lady, but they they paid for fifty of my students to go see a show in Portland, Oregon, uh, at Portland Center Stage. Um, so they'll just you know that kind of stuff. They'll just call up and say, "We want to do this for your students," and so um, that's been wonderful. It, it, this is a small school that is in this small town in the Northwest. And they're getting all of these wonderful things. And so uh, that's been probably the, the coolest thing that has happened has been what the opportunities for my students. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Cause I've, uh, the, some of the others I've talked to, I mean, they've been speaking engagements and really interesting things that they've done, but I, I really appreciate you, you, uh, you sharing what, what, what it's done for your kids. Cause that's for me, for me, if, if I were to win and that's, you know, I, yeah, you know, high, big, well, you huge know. hypothetical. But you know, if I if I were to win, that I would. That's what I would want to see happen with that. Is that yeah? What what it, what did it do for my kids in my program? And that you know, yeah, I've done some speaking engagements. I've gotten gotten some like you know, distinguished alumni awards and stuff like that. Uh, my daughter and I both have agreed that I should not do speaking engagements. <laughs> um, it's just not a good. I'm terrified of doing that. I can do interviews like this. Um, because I know you can edit out the bad stuff, but <laughs> I'm just like, I'm a mess. I'm just a hot mess. Um, so that I'm not so keen on, but, uh, I have gotten offers to do things like, uh, like someone just recently wants me to get involved with a community conflict resolution using some theater, the oppressed kind of strategies and stuff. And I have done some I've gone to some workshops like back in the nineties uh, with some people. And so I, I'm kind of excited about that, seeing how we can incorporate that into the community, but I love teaching, like teaching opportunities. I'm all for that. I love doing that, but the speaking stuff, no, we're done. <laughs> done. We're definitely done with that. Um, and while it's nice and it, it, you know, it does make you feel kind of, Oh, um, that's, you're right. It's not, it's not really what makes me happy. What makes me happy is working with my students and um, being able to offer them opportunities. Like I had kids who had never seen a uh, legit play in Portland, Oregon, like outside of the town. They had never seen anything like that. Um, and that's a Lort theater, you know, I mean, it's like they're, they're seeing a very professionally done production and they were just, wow, this is so cool. So, 
that to me is, I mean, that's why we teach. That's one of the coolest experiences is seeing their eyes light up when they see something that for the first time. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what it's all about. I'm teaching, like I'm teaching this dance. So we're doing newsies in the fall, right? So I'm going, I don't want to have broken legs and pulled ankles and, you know, I don't tend to, I, we're, so we're teaching this dance class and, um, there's another woman who used to be a dance teacher. And so she's doing the tap segment because there's a tap number in Newsies. And I'm, I'm a little ballet dancer. So I'm doing sort of this mishmash of musical theater kind of style dance. And we're teaching that and we're not charging them. We're just like, it's free and it's just for the kids. And we're having a blast. That's what we, that's what we're here for. So, and we certainly don't do it for the money. I got a roof over my head. I, I know I can afford food and, I can kind of afford my healthcare. Um, and so that's all I really need. Right. It's, and then everything else is just that joy. I love teaching that, that to me brings such joy. And these kids want to learn dance and uh, most of them can't afford dance lessons. We have a great dance studio in town, but it can add up. And, um, so I've got kids in there that are just at a bunch of boys that really want to dance. Um, and the look on their faces, you know, that sparkle and those big smiles, you just go, yeah, this is why I do it. Uh, for sure. Well, how do you, with, with such a long, wonderful career, how do you take care of yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I've been having that conversation with myself lately. Um, I, uh, let's see, I got a dog that requires a minimum amount of exercise. Because my kids are gone. They're all grown up and they're like off doing their own thing. So the dog is how I take care of myself. It keeps me uh, out there moving. Um, and I also just recently decided, I'm 63, right? or 62. I'm going to be 63 in another month. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow myself to work until I'm 70, maybe more. I don't know. And so as soon as I, I gave myself permission to do that, because there's this pressure to retire at 65 or maybe I just think there is, I don't know. Anyhow, as soon as I told myself, I you can go to your 70, Rachel, it's okay. Who do, what are you like? What are you going to do when you retire? Um, I, I got so happy, but I also realized I need to take better care of myself. So, um, uh, you know, good food, the right food, lots of vegetables, uh, no alcohol except for special occasions, no sugar and a dog. And that's, that's how I do it. Um, uh, and like my, my dance class, and this is really embarrassing. I have destroyed my ankles and so I can't really jump. So when I teach any kind of combination that requires jumping, I have to lay on the floor to demonstrate the movements. And I'm looking up at these kids and uh, I just wrote this. Uh, on my Facebook page, I said, I'm, I'm, and I was one of those kids that like in dance class, I would dance with my group, do the combination on the floor. Then I'd run back and go with the second group. And then I'd run back and go with the men and the men, when they, when you get to the men, when the men are doing the combination, they slow the music down because they jump higher. So I would go back and jump with them when I should be the most exhausted. I'm going as harder, if not, you know, I'm going as hard, if not harder with them. And so I was a jumper. That's, that's, if you looked at me, you would go that, that she's a jumper. It's the way my legs were built, everything. And here I am laying on the floor 
looking up at them and saying, okay, lift this leg. Now, when you're in the air, I want you to go like that and go to 180 degree split. <laughs> and I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, you all know how to fly. And when did my wings fall off? You know, when did that happen in my life? So my, my goal is to get my wings back so I can at least jump a little bit. So, um, yeah, exercise. Got to do it. What is a, what's a resource that you currently use or have used in the past that is a must-have for new teachers or even teachers looking to kind of freshen up what they're doing in their classroom? Get your master's. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced. I got my master's and it was just, that's what really helped me shape my four-year program. Um, and I'll have theater people that are teaching theater, but they're not theater teachers. Uh, they didn't get a degree in theater, but they're teaching theater and they're going, um, you know, where first semester's gone and the kids are, they're so bored with doing improv. Do you have any other suggestions on what we should be doing next? And all I say is get your master's. Would you go get your master's? Would you go back and study some more? Because you can't just pull it out of nowhere. So that's my first thing is, is if you're running out of steam, if you need to go back to school in a good program. Um, and I, the one I chose was theater production. I have a master's in theater production, which is everything that's involved in putting on a show. And that was really awesome for me. Um, but then also like go study with a professional group. Like I studied with the Brody theater in Portland and, and I would love, and I'm thinking about doing this is going to, uh, the UK and seeing if I can spend a summer work with Frantic Assembly and, and learning mm. what they're doing in device theater. You, like you have to, you have to go and theater is experiential, right? You have to, as a teacher, experience it as well. I think if you're going to teach it. Um, so yeah, get your master's and keep studying. That's the best way. Yeah. That, that for me, when I, when I went back and got my master's, I, I was able to tailor a lot of the courses I took to kind of fill in the gaps that I knew I was missing from my undergrad. Um, cause That's I was, awesome. I had a great undergrad program, but I was greatly lacking in, in some technical things, um, in the tech theater aspects. And mm -hmm. I was able to take lots of classes with my masters that helped fill those gaps. So totally reinvented what I did in my classroom when I was finished with that, even as I was doing it, I mean, over the course of me doing it and taking new things back to my class every year after the work in the summer that I did. So I, I agree with you. Where did you get your master's? Uh, Central Washington University. Okay. Um, they just had a, just a great program um, uh, that I, helped me shape my, my four-year program. Um, I modeled it after some of the classes that I had there. So like my first year class is, is all physical, movement because you know they come in as freshmen and they're like talking heads and they don't understand how to connect with their body so we do and I, I studied classical mind when I was a dancer with a couple of really amazing teachers so um, they learn not only pantomime but classical mime like the very stylized the walk and everything and pull and push and combat I just get them moving they learn dance and then second year is we, we just study classical acting whether and this is all stuff that I learned up there at Central Washington in Ellensburg with Wes Van Tassel, like just how to break down the script, how to move as a classical actor. The movement affects are different. Um, and 
then we get into modern acting. And then th three, four is a combination class. So I've got juniors and seniors in there. And so it's a rotating two-year curriculum. And uh, some of that stuff is what I learned up there, but then it's, it's, then it's other things that I have acquired. But that master's program really shaped the order and addressed things that I might not have really focused on. And then again, I was like you, I was, I was a performer. And so I really needed to, to boost my tech, uh, technical training. And I, I got that with, when I saw it, I took, went up there for a couple of classes and I went, I can really learn something here. And, um, so then I looked at their program, their master's program. It was, it was so evenly balanced between being out front and being backstage that I went, this is perfect for me. This will, this will really cement it. So, Well, Rachel, what are your parting words of wisdom for new teachers who are just entering this field or even veteran teachers who just might need a word of inspiration? Okay. This is going to get me in trouble maybe. Um, uh, why not? So Central Washington asked me to come back up and talk. And, they, and I said, what do you want me to talk about? This is where I get into trouble, right? And they said, how you got from A to B? And I thought about it. And I thought, okay, so there's, there's a reason why I'm telling you all this. My students will tell you I like go off on tangents all the time. But there's really a reason where I, why I go these directions. Um, <clears throat> so I have this little hobby. And it is to sneak backstage of theaters. Like I go back there all the time. And I know... And I've been all over, I've been in England and I've, I've snuck in the back of some theater that was dark, no one was there. I just wanna walk around on their stage, feel the acoustics, kind of look and see what kind of equipment they're wearing. I'm not doing anything, I'm not like stealing anything, I'm just looking. And um, there's always a door that's not quite clicked shut. There's always some way of just walking in. And so, um, and, and I, I usually try to approach getting on backstage a legit way, like walking up to the stage manager or that guy out there on the techies. You don't go to the actors. and I don't talk to them after a show. I go and talk to the techs to find out like how they got that special effect or all that. And they're usually so excited, right? But if there's no one there, then I go around the back way. And I, I have to tell you, I did get into the Globe in London. I couldn't afford the tour ticket. So I walked around behind it and there was a door open and I walked out on the stage in the Globe Theater and just stood on the stage for a couple of seconds and then a tour group was coming in I could hear them talking so I just sort of went back out so I'm telling you this because <laughs> if you are a new teacher or if you're trying to get a program built you're going to have to go in the back way you're going to have to try windows if the door is locked and I have done so many things to add classes to my program it started out, when I first started teaching there, there was a semester-long freshman drama class. And I built it into a four-year program where I'm sometimes teaching two groups, the actors and the techs. I have an intro to tech class. I have a performance troupe. Some of these classes get college credit because they're dual enrollment. But I had to literally do all kinds of things and manipulate how people look at things to get there so that my students could have four years of theater training 
and I got my master's. I mean, I did everything I could to make that program something that I could be proud of. And that's what you have to do if you're going to be a teacher. Is you've got to go. If if the front door is locked or if they're saying no, you go around to the back and you find a door that's loose. Someone There's always something. And you can find your way in. So that would be my, and that's what I told them up at Central Washington. And I saw eyebrows just going right up into their hair. They were like, don't tell that to our college students. So I don't think I'll ever be invited back there. And that's my alma mater, and I feel horrible. But, but it's true. You're going to have to break rules if you're going to get, uh, if you're doing something you really believe in. I think if you're, if you're doing it for the right reasons, break the rules. And I know my listeners cannot see you like I can right now. Um, and you were, you've been wonderful. And I, I, I love watch. I love, I love seeing the faces that I'm talking to when I'm recording oh. these. Um, yeah. but, uh, for my listeners, as she got into that story, she sat up and she was right in the camera. And I, I, I wish you could just see the passion in her face and her body as she was talking to me about that. But I, I, I know they're going to be able to hear it. And, and Rachel, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. And yeah. uh, I know you're busy, and so I know us finding this time was was difficult, but I, I am very grateful for it, and uh, I just thank you for your words of wisdom. Well, thanks for inviting me on, because uh, I like to talk about this stuff. It's <laughs> the only thing I like to talk about. So. <laughs> well, all the best to you and your students the rest of the summer and then into the fall, and uh, I, I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. And that was 2017 Tony Award winner, Rachel Harry. Thank you so much for chatting with me. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and I hope you got a lot out of that and uh, picked up some things that you can take back as little points of inspiration as well as things that you can use in your classroom. Um, thank you so much for listening. Please check out our website, www.thedtalks.com, where you can find all of our uh, past shows in the archives uh, with all of the teacher theater teacher resources and uh, other other points of interest for you on that website. Find us on all your favorite podcast providers: Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, AnyPod, and TuneIn. Go on any of those podcast providers, subscribe to the show, rate us, review us, and share the podcast with those theater educators in your life who you think could benefit from what we're doing here. Thank you so much for for checking us out. Please interact with us on Facebook, on Fed Talks, on Twitter at Theater Ed Talks, Tumblr, fedtalks.tumblr.com, on Instagram, Fed Talks Podcast, and of course our website, www.fedtalks.com. You can always email me at fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me. If you have topic ideas for the, what you'd like to hear on the show, I would love to hear from you. Or if you just have some feedback for me on how I can keep making the show better, please let me know that as well. Thank you, Joel Hamlin and Joshua Schusterman, for the use of your original music, Magnetize and Flip the Record, that we use here on the show. I am grateful to you guys, and I am very grateful to you for listening. So if you have not caught up on all the past episodes, you can do that on your favorite podcast providers. You can do that through the website. Just go back, check through, and listen to anything you haven't listened to yet. I would appreciate that. I wish you all the best. I know we're all busy and we're wrapping up. We're coming to the end of our uh, our year together in December, and you're gearing up for winter break, a much needed and deserved winter break theater teachers. So please make sure you find time, uh, you make some plans to, to take care of you, to see some friends and family, and uh, just to relax a little bit. So thank you for all that you do, and I hope you have a wonderful week.